Hi, this is Maria from MK Let's Talk About It, and this is our special summer solo series because we just can't find the time to sit down and do this together. So here we are, doing it apart.、Uh, we always do it at a distance, but even more distanced now. In honor of my upcoming 11th anniversary, I am going to give a brief intro or review of how I met my husband. So I have talked about my husband a lot、um, because you know <laughs> I live with him, I co-parent with him, he's my best friend,、um, and he just will come up in conversation a lot.、Uh, so you probably, if you've listened to this show at all, heard a lot about. My husband.、Uh, so, where did this all start? How did I meet my husband?、Uh, I like telling this story, so I will fully admit that this is completely selfish that I'm taking this time to lay this all out. But we're going to talk about it anyway, fully knowing that this is completely selfish on my part. <laughs>、uh, so. Rewind. Oh my goodness, how many years has it been now? Maybe fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years. Maybe coming up on sixteen. I yeah, I think it's probably sixteen at this point.、Um, little Maria decided while she was in college that she wanted to be just like her big sister and study abroad, and also wanted to be just like her big sister and go to Italy. So I combined those two. She did not study abroad in Italy, but she did live in Italy for a while. So, being a little sister, I wanted to do what my big sister, who was definitely cooler than me, did <laughs> to try to have that cool rub off onto me.、Um, so, I ended up applying and getting into a program that took me to Siena, which is in the Tuscan area of Italy.、Um, I actually a big driver behind this because I am an incredible homebody.、Uh, my father was not sure that I would make it living two hours away from home for college, where I could come back all the time. I'm that much of a homebody. I just don't like to stray very far. So this was a big leap for me. Part of what drove me to that was, you know, unfortunately. Escaping a really toxic and abusive romantic relationship. So part of that is the driver that actually pushed me over the edge to study abroad. So I go take myself to Italy. I did all these little CDs because you know it was that long ago of how to learn some basic Italian phrases. After 24 hours of traveling, I land in Siena, knowing how to ask how to get the train to Siena. Where's the train station, and how do I get the train to Siena? Turns out I had to take a bus, so that was a fun mess up at the first <laughs> get go. Thankfully, there are so many kind people there, and someone showed me the bus station. I will always be thankful for that woman.、Um, I get to the hotel. We stayed at a place called. Hotel, actually, I will say it in Italian, Albergo Canindoro, and that means Golden Can Golden Cannon Hotel. 
Uh, and that's where we were stationed for the first, you know, couple nights while they got us sorted, did our orientation, and got us placed in our apartments across town and even outside of the walls. Uh, fun fact about Siena, it's a medieval city that is walled. Um, if you go there, it's pretty, I, I love it there. I highly encourage anyone who's interested to visit Siena. It's worth it. Uh, but it's it's a medieval city, so everything's very tall. They kept everything. It's cobblestone. You can't really drive the streets inside of it. It's mostly walking paths. Um, but when there's a bus coming through, you better squish yourself up against the wall. All the roads are very narrow, and it's very hard to actually get sunlight to hit you while you're walking on the streets because the way it's designed, the sun almost never actually reaches the the cobblestone of the streets because of the narrowness and the tall buildings. Uh, so we were inside of the walls, which means inside the epicenter of the city, and people were going to be distributed to their apartments, which could be in the city, and just a couple of us were outside of the walls. Uh, so we were staying at this hotel. I walk in. Um, first, I take a taxi, which... And uh, actually ended up being right around the corner. And the taxi driver kept asking me, are you sure you want me to drive you there? But I, you know, 24 hours of travel, obviously jet lagged, was like, yes, please just drive me because I don't want to try to figure out how to get there right now. Like pull out my paper map again. It was 2007. Pull out my paper map and try to figure out where I'm going <laughs> and my compass that I, I got specifically for this. So I get to the hotel. I realized also that I neglected to figure out what the word hotel is in Italian. So <laughs> I get dropped off. It's kind of a building that there are doors that branch off and you need to pick the right one. I saw a few students come out of a door and went, ah, albergo must mean hotel. <laughs> And I walked over there, got in. I'm introducing myself to these people. Um, obviously, some other people have been there longer than me and more settled in because I came at the last minute. We we seriously had orientation in a few hours after I got there. Um, I walk in. This group of people starts just kind of peppering me with questions as like get to know you, but also I think a little bit of a bit of a hazing because they're the established people and I was a newcomer, obviously with my big old Rick Steves backpack and my other bags and wearing as much clothes as I could to not have more baggage. Um, and during this, I forget. The only thing I can remember them asking me are hobbies. And I say, I do archery. Um, they're like, how'd you get into that? And I said, I really liked Zelda. And over in the corner, there's a brochure rack, a spinning one. And there's a dude standing there kind of, I, I describe it as lurking, kind of behind it, but not um, kind of participating in the conversation and kind of not um, with longer blonde hair and definitely wearing a beanie uh and that of course is my future husband <laughs> um italy study abroad was a lot of things uh unfortunately i was bullied a lot there 
by my classmates. Um, so that wasn't necessarily a great experience, but I did get my person out of it. So that's what makes it salvageable. <laughs> um, and you know, being exposed to everything, once in a lifetime chance to get to go live someplace, um, especially for someone who's such a homebody like me. Uh, it was really a cool experience. Uh, I guess the way that my husband and I actually, I don't know what I want to call it, clicked, <laughs> really got together was um, we started school and it was after something called the polio. So in Siena, there is a horse race around their main town. I'm not going to call it a square. It's not a square. It's a very funky shape. And they race horses around it. And they've been doing this since the middle age. Like they've been doing this forever. They've been doing this since the middle ages that they have this horse race and it's called the polio. And Siena is divided up into, I'm not going to get this right. I can't remember how many sections. Each section is called a contrada. And they all... <laughs> It's very interesting. They're all within the walls, but they all don't like each other. And they kind of were always in competition with each other. So in continuance of this legacy of somehow all living in the same city walls, but all like kind of not liking each other and getting along and creating these um, divisions between the own their, their city's populace, uh, there's this horse race. Each contrada gets a horse. There's a lot of cheating. There's a lot of um, just some unsavory things that happen. I think there's actually a, a documentary on Netflix or there was at some point. So check it out if you have the opportunity. I'll put it in the blog. Um, and it's a big deal. If you win that race, it's a big deal because you just want to shove it in every other Kondrata's face. So we got there after I think there's two races and there is a huge celebration going on for one of the people, one of the Contratas that won. Um, it was like nothing I've ever experienced before and or since. And I don't think I will ever experience again. It was just wild. We were walking in this Contrata. I don't remember how this happened, but my roommate and I branched off with this dude and my future husband and... We met this Italian local who, I don't know why, but decided to take us around this big party. There were just, there there was a huge party in the streets. There were just people everywhere with tables, with alcohol, with wine, with mead, uh, selling it or giving it away, just celebrating. And within this large party, there were smaller parties. We went to one where everyone was dressed in um, togas, like... I, that's the only word I can think of to describe what they were wearing. Um, and, you know, we were not wearing that, but we went and we danced and there was a back alley where um, there was uh, some weird version of strip poker going on, but it was like on a stage and these women came out holding these cards and no one actually got naked. I have no idea what that was, but there were masks, there were costumes, there was alcohol, and it was this entire section of the city where this was happening. It was uh, 
really, what do I want to call this? It was amazing. It was cool. It was really fun for me because me, homebody, I had never experienced. I didn't go to parties in college. I I was at that doormate who disapproved of drinking under the age of 21. It wasn't legal. You have to follow the rules. Um, so I had never experienced anything like this before. And it was wild. And I loved it. And it was fun. Um, and I ended up drinking really for the first time, like actually consuming any measurable amount of alcohol. Um, so predictably, <laughs> I did not, you know, have a tolerance for alcohol at that point. I don't even think it took that much for me to be wobbly and disoriented. I was still enjoying myself. I wasn't blackout. I didn't get to the point where I was sick, but I was definitely feeling it, especially since that's really the first time, you know, I'm a rule follower. And in Italy, the rule said I could drink. So I drank. Um, and my husband was with us the whole time, me and my roommate. And I think the thing that really hit me about him is that me being my wobbly self, obviously, he, instead of, you know, what some people could have done, you know, like taking advantage of the moment, uh, holding me up by hugging me or like putting hands unnecessarily all over me, he would just take two fingers, like Scout's Honor, two fingers, and he would just like nudge me when I wobbled while I was standing to make sure that I didn't <laughs> take lose my balance and take a step back or fall back or anything like that. It was just a constant little tap or nudge of my shoulders to make sure that I was good. And I don't know, that really got me like the respectfulness of that act of not taking advantage when he could, because obviously I did not have good experiences with men up to that point. Uh, case in point, the reason why I was driven to leave the country. Um, so it was just refreshing. And throughout the entire trip, we just got to know each other more. Um, we had a few dates. Um, we would go to something called the Bebo Bar. We'd always find each other if we were out and about. I'm sure to the dismay of my roommate who was just like, why do we have to keep on going where they're going? But we went to the discotheque. We went to Barone Rosso where we could dance and listen to music and drink. And when we took excursions to other cities as a group, to Rome, to Venice, we would walk through the streets together late at night and just hang out. It was getting towards the holidays. We'd look at the lights. Um, we never like went anywhere solo together, just dates. And it was really nice. And you know, then reality hit and we had to go back to where we came from. Um, so I actually went to a school in Washington and he was going to school in Oregon. Uh, it felt a little hopeless to me at that point. Um, I also had, I had four, I had three other roommates. There were four of us at our apartment. Um, 
And one of the other girls made it very clear to me, again, I had a problem being bullied at this program, uh, that there was no way my husband was interested in me um, and that I wouldn't bother, I shouldn't bother reaching out to him after we leave because there's, there's no way he, he'd care. Um, I'm not sure where that was coming from, but thankfully she was wrong, like so very wrong. And immediately when we separated, again, this is 2007, we were chatting on AIM, uh, the entire time we were gone, we still were talking like that when we got back to our respective schools. Uh, we arranged trips to be able to see each other. Thankfully, his family lived in Washington, had moved from Oregon to Washington, only, I think, 12 miles out where my, from where my family lived, so we could get together. And we did long distance for two years, and it worked out. And that's how I ended up with my husband. So that's the story of how we got together, cutting out a bunch of stuff that doesn't feel necessary. And we'll be celebrating our 11th anniversary coming up soon. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our website at mkletstalk.com. Find us on social media at mkletstalk. Please review, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back to regularly scheduled podcast recording very soon.